Your Miami Dolphins have moved to 4-1 and one on the season, courtesy of a 31-16 victory over the New York Giants. We're talking immediate reactions here on this post-game Club Dub episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked on Dolphins, co-host of Locked on NFL Scouting. Find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Shout out to our everydayers who do keep it plugged in with us on a daily basis because it is your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. Welcome back to Club Dub, fourth time this season. The Dolphins now sitting at 4-1. and one. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Where do we get started? started with a 15-point victory at home in which the Dolphins did a lot of things that you hoped they would see, but then again, they also didn't really play their best football game. I think here, here's what we're not going to do, okay? We're going to talk about the game script and how it went and how Miami dictated terms early on, and we'll talk about Vic Fangio's defense, and we'll talk about the turnovers and the mistakes and all that stuff. We'll talk about it. But what we're not going to do is we're not going to go on the show and complain about covering a 12 and a half point spread and winning by 15 points to move to four and one for the first time since 2003. It has been 20 years since the Dolphins have won four of their first five games. The Dolphins along the way, breaking records for total yards of offense through their first five games set by squints. Oh, right. One of the greatest offenses in the history of the game. There's so much good to talk about here. And I know, like, I came away from this game thinking, man, like, we got a lot of stuff to clean up. Good. I'm sure Mike McDaniel, and I'm sure the offense, and I'm sure the defense will say the same thing. We got a lot to clean up. But you went out there and you won by 15 points, club dub, 4-1. and one. It's a great day. The Bills are back in the mud. They lost to Jacksonville in London. You're already here, everybody. Uh, boo-hoo, all the Jacksonville stayed out there for two weeks. Uh, I don't uh, Whatever. Five weeks through Dolphins' first place, sole possession, AFC East. Home next weekend against the Carolina Panthers. Let's focus on that after we finish recapping a two-touchdown victory at the NFL level, which is not a small deal. And quite frankly, it was 15 points feeling like it was going on 50. Because from a game script perspective, the Dolphins were up 14 to nothing. Then they were up 14 to three. And then they were down inside the red zone facing third and goal after Jalen Waddle gets interfered with 10x to the degree that Cater who interfered with Stephon Diggs the previous week and got called for defensive pass interference, and the refs kept their, their flags in their pockets, and Tua throws a pick six, and now all of a sudden you're looking at, hey, we're going to go into halftime up 14-10. Psych, we get three points, and it's 17-10 going into half. Three plays, 75 yards, coming out of the half, 24-10. You're back up, so you're, you spend the vast majority of the game up two touchdowns working through the uh, lead that you built. Miami, from a just pure numbers perspective, finished this game with 54 plays for 524 yards, an average of 9.7 yards per play. 
9.7 yards per play. Shame on Tua with those scrambles, bringing down the rushing average. and sarcasm if you're not watching on YouTube. Uh, 222 rushing yards on 23 attempts. That's also 9.7 yards per attempt. 302 net passing yards on 30 attempts. 9.7 yards per pass on average. Dolphins were sacked once, lost six yards as a result. They end up losing time of possession three to nothing in this game, and they lose time of possession by effectively uh, 12 minutes, 36 to 24. So that paints quite a picture. You lost the time of possession by 12 minutes. You lost the turnover battle three nothing, and yet you still managed to win by 15 points. The expectations of the football team have been elevated. And I appreciate everybody who wants to see the Dolphins come out and play a perfect game. I think they achieved what they needed to achieve. And in the process of trying to play a complete game along the way, there were some missteps. We got to address the fumbles. Raheem Mostert had a fumble that they didn't lose. Devon Achan did put a ball on the ground. Gets it punched out by Xavier McKinney for a turnover on, I believe, the team's second possession uh, of the game with them looking like they they maybe were going to get some uh, some moxie going. Yeah, four plays, 17 yards, HM for eight yards on the plus side of the 50-yard line. You fumble, you turn it over. Kayvon Thibodeau recovers that fumble. Then you go three plays, 94. HM makes it up with a 74-yard touchdown run. That puts you up two scores. And then I think that's where you saw this, this pass rush really make an impact. Uh, obviously, one of the big talking points coming into the game was the New York Giants and their offensive line and what uh, the Seattle Seahawks did the previous week with 11 sacks on Monday Night Football. Well, the Dolphins ended up finishing this game with eight sacks of Giants quarterbacks. Excuse me, seven sacks of Giants quarterbacks. Um, they effectively squeezed the pocket. Now, you didn't necessarily see big-time like obvious wins off the edge other than Andrew Van Ginkle ghost rushing against Josh Izudu uh, for the sack that I believe was the one that got Daniel Jones hurt with the neck injury that, that moved him out of this game and, and brought in Terod Taylor. But here's some perspective that I, I think is, is really good. I'm sure everybody's going to point to Bradley Chubb, who did not have a sack in this game. Bradley Chubb, According to Next Gen Stats, had seven pressures. He had four quarterback hits, and his average distance from the quarterback to him on each rush that he took was the best average distance closest to the quarterback per rush of any Dolphins player on the field. That includes Christian Wilkins, who had a ton of interior penetration and pressure. That includes Andrew Van Ginkle. That includes Zach Sealer. All in all, I think you actually had a very well-rounded pass rush effort to get after the New York Giants. Obviously, we're wishing the best for Daniel Jones, who goes 14 of 20 for 119 yards uh, and was sacked to those. He took six, six, and Terod Taylor took one, and Terod Taylor should have taken at least one more, but Emmanuel Agba lets him out the grasp and, they convert on, on uh, fourth down a couple of times on that last possession where you're sitting here wondering, are they really going to let this thing get all the way down back to one score at the end of the game? They did. But uh, that's your script, really, is Miami pacing early and then 
learning and working to approach the game the right way as far as we're up by multiple scores. We want to focus on pounding the rock, running the ball. You saw it on that Raheem Mostert touchdown run, that entire possession. They said, you know what? We're going to run it right at you. And they had success between the tackles. They had success on the edges. We saw a couple of the end arounds. I know that's, that was something that we mentioned on the last show of the week, looking for Miami and their speed and getting on the perimeter. And they had a lot of success with that early on. There's a lot of good, but it wasn't all good. There's still things that need to be addressed. There's still errors that we are continuing to see that this team will need to continue to strive to improve. And when you play a team that's not one and four with a skeleton crew offensive line, kind of this, some of these errors can be the kinds that come back and cost you a football game. And we'll talk a little bit about those after we talk about the defensive performance. And that is next year on this Club Dub episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So defensively, the Dolphins didn't get a turnover in this game. And I, quite frankly, am incapable of carrying any less. <laughs> because this is, you defensively yielded 268 yards. You conceded 2.9 yards per rush. And that includes Daniel Jones on a number of occasions breaking the pocket and to Rod Taylor. Uh, Rod Taylor and Daniel Jones were the two best yards per carry players for the Giants. Daniel Jones, four for 24. To Rod Taylor, three for 14. That's 4.7. I'm not a math guy, but I can tell you four for four, six yards per carry. Actual running backs in this game for the Giants and their yards per carry. 2.1, Eric Ray, 2.3, Matt Breida. They were nine and 12 carries respectively for 25 and 21 yards. And then Wandale Robinson, the wide receiver, got one touch, one rush for one yard. So your traditional running, one happening against the Dolphins. And yes, were there some instances where I would have liked to have seen the Dolphins creep up and create a little bit tighter coverage on some of your third and mids? Yes. But through the scope and the perspective of we are calling a game in which we are spending the final 50 minutes of the game up by at least one touchdown and 90% of the final 50 minutes of the game up by at least two touchdowns. I understand the perspective of playing soft and catching everything in front of your face. And at the end of the day, 32 dropbacks and pass attempts for 183 yards. And then they lost 22 yards on sacks. So in the grand scheme of things, this was how you call a game defensively when you are protecting a lead and not looking to give up a big strike. I thought Xavier Howard made a really nice play on the Darren Waller throw on the double move down near the red zone. 
I thought Eli Apple had a couple of really nice tackles. He gave up the one in-breaking route for a third down conversion uh, that, that was a little loose at the top of the stem, but there was more than one occasion that I thought Eli Apple did a really good job of triggering and attacking and tackling. And tackling was not a strength early in the game. Javon Holland, Cater Kohu, these guys were bouncing off of guys. That's going to continue to be a point of emphasis. We have to continue to tackle better because teams that aren't the Giants will make your rear end pay for it. We can't have it. We can't be running into the pile throwing a shoulder at somebody. Can't happen. I thought it got better as the game went along. I thought Javon Holland made a really nice play, breaking up a pass over the middle that was targeted inside of the Dolphins' 20-yard line. So you had a couple of really nice plays on the ball. You had a couple of sack opportunities that were blindside sack opportunities that very easily could have yielded in punching the ball out. You had Andrew Van Ginkle batting a pass out of Daniel Jones's hands that if he was a half step sooner could have been forced fumble that went backwards and uh, would have been a live ball. The turnovers in the grand scheme of things would have been there. If you played the 60 minutes again, you probably get two turnovers. But you can't have the three over turnovers on the other side especially the first red zone touchdown or the red, the, the pick six, the two through in the, the red zone. I put seven points on the board for the giants. And look, if we're being honest, the dolphins gave up 16 points in this football game. And the offense was directly responsible for 10 of them because the only touchdown the Giants scored the entire game was 102 yard pick six from Jason Pinnock. And one of the dolphins, other turnovers happened inside of the Dolphins, what, 25-yard line? Two through the, the interception uh, that was on the 23-yard line. Dolphins took, or the Giants took over down 24 to 10. With six minutes left in the third quarter at the Dolphins' 23-yard line, first and 10 after the second Tua interception, the one where his hand hits off Connor Williams' helmet. At the end of the day, I still don't think it was a great decision to try to get that one down to Jalen Waddell. You had Durham Smythe directly over top of the ball with nobody in your way. You know, he's kind of working through progressions, and that was probably, I think, the second progression on the play. And he saw, saw him flash across his face, so he knew he had it, so he tried to just drop it out over top there. I get it. It's not really the point. Giants got 10 points from Dolphins turnovers, like directly. And my hot take coming into this game was the Giants and Panthers combined would score less than 30 points against the Dolphins defense. Now, I'm going to count the 16. But if the Panthers come out and score 17 points, you know darn well, I'm going to come out and say, well, they got seven off the pick six. Defensively, you yielded very minimal in the way of explosive plays. You forced the Giants to play air-free football to move the ball down the field with any level of consistency. Just look at the possessions for New York. Five for 26, three minutes and 33 seconds. Punt. 13 plays to go 38 yards and possess the ball for seven minutes of game clock just to miss the field goal to start the second quarter. Three plays, seven. You go three and out. 13 plays to go 44 yards. This is like pulling teeth for six minutes and 21 seconds just to kick a field goal to cut it to 14 to three. Eight plays for 31, five minutes of possession, four plays for four yards, two minutes field goal. Three and out, three for seven. Ten plays to go 18 yards. 
for three minutes and 54 seconds. And the last possession, 13 plays to go 66 yards and not get any points because you turned it over on downs, down 15 points. So possessions that the Giants had that were double-digit plays. I'm not a math guy, but I have my calculator right here, so I'm going to do it, and we'll do it together. We'll take this journey together. Double-digit play possessions for the Giants, 13 for 38. That's less than three yards per play, 2.92 yards per play on that possession. They go 13 for 44 on the field goal to cut it to 11-point deficit. That's 3.38 yards per play. And we had two more. 10 for 18. That's 1.8. I can do that one without a calculator. I'm not a math guy. And then you go 13 for 66. Once the Dolphins are bleeding clock up 31-16 with five minutes left in the six minutes left in the football game. 66-65 by 13 nonetheless is 5.07 yards per play. Methodical. Allowed errors to come. The Giants held a ton. They held more than was called. The defense directly yielded six points. In total, 16. You won by two touchdowns. Is there things we can... The, the, the running backs averaged two yards per carry? I know the final score says you won by two touchdowns. But the defensive performance against New York's offense and technically the Dolphins' offensive performance against the Giants' defense, tells a very different story. Case in point, you outgained, you you effectively doubled up the Giants in total yards in this game. You just turned the ball over three times, which is the kind of stuff you have to clean up. And that's what we're going to finish with here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, so stick with us. These days, every potential new hire feels like a high-stakes wager for you and your small business. That's why you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates. You could do so at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile. Spread the word that you are hiring in simple tools like screening questions. Make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. It's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. I do have to ask you guys a bit of a personal question. You ever have trouble, you know, performing? Ever out with your partner, feel like you can't get the job done? Does it get worse when there's lots of people around? Is it even especially worse with guacamole? I'm talking about weak chips, perverts. The ones that can't handle a scoop of guac. Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips understands the pain of trying to dip with weak tortilla chips. No one wants to go soft on the guac. Unlike other chips, Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are literally built to dip. They're made the old-fashioned way by cutting actual tortillas, so Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are both sturdy and delicious. Crisp, corny, and organic, these chips will take your tailgate to the next level. Dolphins are home again next week against the Panthers, so plan accordingly with your tailgate. Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are now available in Publix and sea salt, lime, and nacho flavors. You can find them in the deli section with the dips. Head over to Publix, grab a bag of Zach's Mighty, and scoop that guac like the stud that you are. So Club Dub, it, it feels nice to be back. 
I hope everybody's made themselves at home. Drinks are in the back. Sacks might eat another snacks are in the back. Kick your feet up. Look around. Enjoy it. We will talk objectively about room for improvement as we finish this episode of the show. But nevertheless, it's important to remember you won by 15 points. I remember the days, looking at you, Adam Gase, where if the Dolphins won, they won by three points. I'll take 31-16. I'm winning ugly in the process any day of the week. Any day of the week. Room for improvement. This was one of those games for Tua, and it happens, and it's okay, and it's okay to say. Not his best performance. A couple of really aggressive shots. He took an aggressive shot to Tyreek Hill coming out of halftime. Not the 69-yard touchdown pass either, uh, which was a beautiful ball. Say what you will. There were a couple of occasions throughout the course of this game where it felt like the Dolphins felt that they could take whatever they wanted, and therefore they tried to, as compared to continuously doing the smart, responsible thing. How about having third and one when Tyreek Hill gets down inbounds to keep the clock running late in the game and is treated like a quarterback, and their market where he starts his slide, which I didn't think was applicable to non-quarterbacks as ball carriers. And you have third and one. And what do we do? We throw the ball. At the stage of the game, we had about 210 rushing yards, and we were averaging about 10 yards a carry. And we came out, and we threw a crosser to Jalen Waddle, who had to peel back for the ball because two had to work through his progression. So by the time he gets over here, Waddle's got to work back to make sure the ball's not undercut, and he gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage, and you have to punt. Why don't we just run the ball there? Well, from Tua's perspective, I understand what happened with the first interception. You're in the red zone. You're in the low red zone. You're trying to throw with timing and anticipate that window. You get a certain coverage look. It wasn't what you got post-snap, but you got to throw it with a quick trigger, and it gets intercepted and ran back for a touchdown. Okay. The second one, you can eat that ball. You're inside your own 25-yard line, and you're up two touchdowns with 20 minutes to go in the game. You can eat that ball. You can throw it at the feet of the tight end who's sitting directly over top of the center. Just keep working through. Instead of trying to get it up over like Connor Williams and Dexter Lawrence, just keep your eyes going. If you take a sack there, you take a sack there. Try to protect yourself as best you can. Now, two was only sacked one time for another game, so that's nice. You can have to float one up here and try and get it up over Connor Williams and have your hand hit this, hit his helmet and have the ball flutter for an interception. Things like that. You know, things like Make sure you have 11 guys on the field. Now, the first one, and I'll say this. If anybody wants some constructive criticism for how to get better out of this game, I'm looking at the officiating crew. I'm looking at that television broadcast. I don't think that TV broadcast ever broadcast a game before in their lives. We got the score bugs wrong. We got down and distance wrong. We got Mike McDaniel challenging a penalty, and we're just not even going to acknowledge it and go to commercial. We got players' names wrong. We got players on the wrong team. We got offensive 
stats being put up for defensive players on the stat bug. We got timeouts being attributed to the wrong team. We got, it was just every possession. I'm looking at my, my wife and I'm like, what is going on with this broadcast? So if anybody wants a little constructive criticism, they want to ring me up next time that they get assigned a Dolphins game. I'd be more than happy to help. Officiating crew had a couple bozo moments. Calling 12 players on the field when you really had 11 in the first place is not great. It's not great that you have to use a challenge to figure out that the officiating crew is supposed to count it up and then take 20 minutes to huddle up and talk about it and then just challenge it and look at it and you're wrong. The play before the interception for Tua in the red zone when Jalen Waddell is tackled and face guarded with 15 times the contact that Cater Kohu put on Stefan Diggs on what was a back-breaking defensive pass interference penalty the week prior. I don't know what to tell you. For the Dolphins, I'm looking at tackling, I'm looking at ball security, and I'm looking at judgment in games in which you get on top like this. Those, for me, are the things that I think about that I'm especially interested in gauging how the Dolphins continue to handle them moving forward. Those, for me, are the areas that I want to see continued growth. And if you got, with eight minutes left in the game, a third and one, run the ball. <laughs> but there were a couple of players. Uh, there's one player in particular that I just wanted to acknowledge. And I'm going to wait till I get the film to actually process it and have good opinions and well-educated opinions. Mike McDaniel is super rude for what he's doing with Chris Brooks. And I mean that in a good way. He's got Chris Brooks lining up at tight end and fullback. And Chris Brooks is road grading people in the run game. Like running over number 45. Are you kidding me? They're going to use Chris Brooks as a hybrid tight end fullback H-back? Color me very interested and what that can look like moving forward. Check the tape. That'll be next for us on Locked on Dolphins. That is going to do it for this Club Dub episode of the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys enjoyed a 15-point win at home to push the Dolphins record to 4-1 through five games, which is the best start that this team has had in five games since 2003. It's been 20 years. Since the Dolphins were last 4-1, they are home next week against the Carolina Panthers with a chance to run it to 5-1, and and we will tackle the week accordingly. You want to hit subscribe, follow us here, Locked on Dolphins, YouTube, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Fins up. Hope you guys appreciated this show. I appreciate all of you. Make it a good one, and I'll talk to you all again tomorrow.